You're listening to Wild Takes presented by 10,000 Takes. Opa! Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. This is the podcast where we talk about the wild and give our takes. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my painfully attractive co-host, Zooch. And Zooch, it has been a hot minute. How the hell are you, buddy? Hey, man. We're doing good. Long time no talk here for the fans of this podcast. But don't worry. We're uh, we're going to get into a more of a, you know, the standard week-to-week release. Yeah. Been doing and hand up, a couple seasons for you. Yeah, hand up. This is on on me. Uh, I've I've had a very busy uh, work schedule this fall, uh, where I've had a lot of traveling, and I'm not, you know, home to record and able to do stuff. Um, we have figured out a plan going forward, so we should be back to your regularly scheduled programming. And sure. speaking of regularly scheduled programming, let's start with our cup clinks. Zooch, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, my cup clink this week is Kirko Chains, baby. <laughs> uh, the I, I know I've been talking a lot about the Vikes on this podcast over the past you know couple episodes, but what's not to love about the performance this year? The Vikings are seven and one for the first time since two thousand and nine, and everyone knows how that year ended. So we'll just yeah. leave it at that. But yeah. we've battled, and they pulled out close matchups all year, which is something they. Couldn't for the life of them figure out last season. It seemed every single week we were losing in the final two minutes. Well, this year's the exact opposite. They're finding ways to pull the game out. And in this this last weekend uh, against the Washington Commanders, I, we were down 10 in the fourth quarter, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, hmm. I hope this doesn't come down to a Greg Joseph extra pointer field goal because he, he – anything – how do I put this nicely? Greg Joseph has missed a lot of field goals from 50-plus this year. Not really, yeah. him, those are 50-50 kicks, but mm-hmm. it's the points that scare me. And I was like, this is going to come down to us needing a field goal, which they got, and then we're down seven. I'm like, ah, shit. We're going to score a touchdown. Like, at the final minute and a half, and we're going to need an extra point, and he's going to shank it, isn't he? Well, didn't happen. We got two clutch kicks from him and an extra point. So I, I, what's not to love about this Vikings team? They seem like they're loving the game. They're having fun uh, and winning. So yeah. Vikes, let's hope they can pull this one out this weekend against the Bills. Josh Allen, Case Keenum, whoever the hell is playing quarterback for them. Let's just uh, let's get to eight and one. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough game versus the Cowboys coming up, which I will be at. So I'm very excited for that. Hell yeah. No, I'm, I, uh, I agree with you. It, um, at the end of the day, they don't care how you won. They just care how many you won. So. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being a fan of a team that's seven and one and being miserable about it. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I'm not miserable. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very happy about it. I, I realize they haven't played as well as they could. Yeah, I realize they should be blown. T- yeah, exactly. I'm skeptical about you know whether or not it can continue, but I'm, you're, I'm for sure gonna enjoy the damn ride. Let's be happy. Why are we not happy off. about this? Let's enjoy Absolutely. it. Quit deep I mean, I'm diving not, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not the same thing at all, but it's kind of like, kind of the opposite of what was going on at Auburn at the beginning of the year, where like we were like three and one. And we looked terrible and right. everybody was miserable and we wound up firing our coach. And I think now we're like three and six, which is you know, not good, 
But, um, you know, we took a, a not great Mississippi State team to overtime, but we're also a pretty bad team this year. Um, but under Cadillac Williams, Auburn looks revived. And it's all about, like, energy and vibes, Yeah, you know, and, like, how you can build on this going forward. And holy smokes, I think uh, I think everybody's going to be able to build on this, and that includes the Vikings. So, yeah, like you said, we've got – happy. I think our next three or four games are against teams that are like contending for a playoff spot right now. Um, We're going to see what these boys got. And I'm sure if they beat the bills without Josh Allen, you're going to have to hear about all they have still. It's just yeah, the point where I get it. Minnesota fans. I get it. You've had a lifetime of letdowns. Okay. I like how you say you like you're not in this group. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So have I. I get it. It's painful, but at the end of the day, it's a it's a it's a sports game. It's a kids game. Let's just be happy, man. They, they're seven and one. I don't want to hear about how like oh well they'll get exposed. Okay, let let them get exposed. At least when we play playoff football, at least we're gonna have excitement in our lives. Sure, one team wins a championship at the end of the year. Okay, mm-hmm. it's twenty nine to thirty one. Whatever sport you're talking about, fan bases are gonna be disappointed. It's you're probably gonna be disappointed in the season. Why not just enjoy the ride? getting down on them before they even have the letdown. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You agree. My you cup clink for you. My, my cup clink this week is good old fashioned mustaches. As you uh, are aware, we are in the month of November, AKA the month of Movember uh, raising health, raising awareness for just general men's health uh, by growing out some muzzies. And uh, I am a longtime proponent of, uh, you know, do what you can. Um, I have terrible facial hair as anybody that's watching this on, on the YouTube channel can see I've got real bad facial hair, but, um, you know, try and try and support the cause a little bit. And, uh, so yeah, if you got, if you, if you are physically capable of, of growing a muzzy, do it. You know, it's funny that you say you grow terrible facial hair because you grow better facial hair than I do. That is true. Yeah. I, I do have you beat. <laughs> yeah, you have me beat, and I think general manager Bill Guerin will agree with you because the first time I met Bill Guerin, he uh, they commented about how I have luscious long hair in the window, yeah. and the guys were telling him about my long hair, and he was like, oh, it looks like he's growing out the chops, kind of. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fair. I mean, Yeah, no, I think the, the list saw, of – You know, we got it shaved up now, so we're good. Yeah, the list of guys that I can outgrow facial hair is like you and Kalen Addison and Damon Hunt. <laughs> well, it's funny because you actually mentioned that. I'm pretty sure this is before we even had the pod. This is before we had any rapport together at all. You made a comment about my facial hair in one of the. That's true. Yeah, the where I sent the in. You called me. A, you called like me something like a diddler or something. I was like, you know what, Dev, that's fair. And I'm not going to hold it against you because you're a nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, I'm a dickhead in the in the 10K group chat to everybody. Hey, well, I <laughs> <laughs> um, let's uh, let's move on real quick to stick taps of the week, and I guess we'll do a natural segue since I was talking about uh, being a dickhead. Um, <sighs> my stick tap this week is Gary Bettman for absolutely just hilariously owning the Bruins after they signed gigantic dickhead. It's like too nice of a word. They signed one of the worst bullies that I've ever seen in the sport of hockey, uh, Mitchell Miller. Um, If you don't remember, he was uh, drafted by the Coyotes a year or two ago. He was generally considered a first or second round talent. 
he fell to the fourth round, I believe. And, um, and then there was still so much backlash because he had been bullying one specific kid for, what was it? Like eight years. Something Basically like his entire life, you know, yeah. school, just torturing this poor kid. And like the, the culminating incident or, you know, I think this is the one that got him like actually in trouble in trouble was, um, he, what was it? A toothbrush that he put in yep. a urinal and made the kid made, made Isaiah brush his teeth with it or something like that. Just a giant, um, giant piece of shit. Just a, yeah, just all time scumbag. I mean, if you if you are listening to this podcast, chances are pretty good that you know at least the the broad strokes of the story. Um, and it's been a hot. It's been a second since I've I've gone through and read the list of things that Mitchell Miller did to this poor kid. Um, but this week, about a, yeah, about a week ago the Bruins tried to sign him to an ELC and they did sign him to an ELC and they did it on a Friday. Cause you know, they're trying to hope that like the little Friday news dump kind of sneaks through and they avoid all the bad press. And it was such a shit storm that like Batman came out and straight up said like he's suspended from the league indefinitely. And I don't know if we'll ever grant him the ability to play in the national hockey league. And then the AHL followed suit. And then at the end of the day, and then, uh, at a press conference uh, earlier this week, uh, they asked him, you know, like what, uh, you know, how, how, how could Mitchell Miller potentially get back in the league? And he said, unless he's got a sugar daddy or a sugar mommy with a lot of money, I don't, I don't really see a way that we could do this, which like he was kidding to be extremely clear. Um, but yeah, no, it's just been crazy. And like, here's the thing, here's been my whole like stance on it, I guess is like, I've seen a lot of people do the argument like, oh, well, we all did dumb stuff that we're not proud of when we were kids. That's true. I know I did. I do dumb stuff that I'm not proud of as an adult. But like precisely, I have never done evil stuff. And that's what this kid was doing. And it's not like I get the argument. You know, when someone makes a mistake. Yeah. Mistake. Not nine years of bullying and racism and just just meanness i don't know what else to how else yeah to no 100 mean person just a and, and people like that they think it's never going to catch up to them they think that they can do whatever they want because they i'm sure he was a top athlete in his school he everyone you know oh yeah. god he's so good at hockey so i can do whatever i want that's just not the case in the real world and sorry dude you blew your fucking chance all right mm-hmm. you're I mean, not going to get a chance Patrice Bergeron <laughs> even came out and was like, yeah. we don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they shouldn't like it. He's a, no, absolutely. And what he just did like, is, is garbage activity. That's what scum of the earth do. And sorry, Mitchell. Yeah. Miller, I hope you never get your fucking opportunity. Cause you're a scumbag. So yeah. say about yeah. that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, but I also wanted to bring up to, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a lot, but um, the Hockey Diversity Alliance uh, posted a, um, a statement from uh, Isaiah uh, Myers. Is it Crothers? Crothers? I'm looking at it here. Isaiah Meyer Crothers. Um, and, you know, if you can read this statement and not be like emotionally moved and like empathize with just how much garbage that this poor kid went through for years i mean if you can't understand why 
somebody like that doesn't deserve somebody that is capable of doing things like that to a person is capable of, of doing that. If you can't read that and understand why that person doesn't deserve the privilege to play in the national hockey league. I mean, you just, you, you got to talk to somebody because your, your priorities are very out of whack at that point. Agree a hundred percent. I, I, I just can't believe they even tried to sign him. No, and I mean it was obvious what they were doing. They tried to they signed him on a Friday afternoon, hoping that the like the the little Friday news dump would just sneak through, go unnoticed, and then in like a year or two, he would just show up, and everybody would be like, "Isn't that that kid? Oh, that's weird," and like just like move on. And thank God that didn't happen. No, not in today's day and age. No. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. People no. don't forget in the famous words. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah that, but on the happier things, I don't think I, I, yeah, I don't think that I will ever, ever give Gary Bettman another stick tap, but stick tap to him. Cause he, uh, he earned it with the way that he handled this situation, which yeah. again, we cannot say is something that we can ever bank on. So good job, Gary. Proud of you. Good job, Gary. For once, <laughs> maybe you won't get booed as hard in the next NHL draft, <laughs> but um, on to happier things. My stick tap is for Minnesota Wild forward, the happiest guy on the damn team, Matt Zuccarello. Why, you may ask? The team has dropped two in a row, shut out twice. We'll get to that more later. Mm-hmm. Because Zuki is the baby daddy of the year. <laughs> victory lap with his new is uh i almost said his new daughter his firstborn daughter um and it made for great content it was the minnesota wilds first outdoor practice of the season and he got to bring out his uh daughter i can't remember his name or her name i believe it's matilda. i don't remember matilda i don't know something like that might not be at all i don't remember the name i probably should have looked it up before i made a mistake but hang on he, he, we got great content out of the deal. He got to, you know, skate his little baby around the ice. And Uncle Kaprizov, who reads her books over FaceTime, which is also such a sweet little side note to put in there. Uh, it's just a great story all around. I'm happy for Zook. Yeah. Uh, you know, having a kid is obviously a very big deal. And honestly, I didn't even know Zook had a significant other in his life. <laughs> so good for him. Good for Mrs. Zook, wherever she is. Um, yeah. But I think me and my girlfriend did a little bit of uh, detective work, and we saw a Halloween photo where he was dressed up as a member of the Sons of Anarchy. So I don't know who he dressed up as, but there was a female with him in that picture. So I got to imagine. It's his wife. A wife, you say? Mm-hmm. He's married? Yeah. Um, yeah, when Russo did a story about the the bromance between Kirill and, and, and Zuki. And uh, here, I'll read you a passage from it. Um, I'm breaking the news to my girlfriend. She looks very disappointed over there. Very upset, I'm sure. Uh, In fact, when Zuccarello and his wife Marlene have Kaprizov over to their home. His wife? Wow. In the Twin Cities for dinner, Zuccarello does all the cooking. Zuki does all the cooking. And he makes tacos for Kaprizov instead of like something Norwegian. (laughs) So he makes tacos Caprice off because he doesn't want to cook him anything Norwegian. Yep, he says, uh, you know, 
Russo asks him, like, do you make him any any like any, like lamb stew and cabbage or lutefisk? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, or something like that. He goes, Nope, I make him tacos every time he comes. Ground beef with some seasoning <laughs> and some veggies on it. <laughs> so wow. I'm learning all kinds of things. First of all, Zook is married. And second, Kirill Kaprizov loves tacos. What in the world? Every time he's over, Zuki makes him tacos. That's awesome. That's beautiful. You love that, right? Like, I, dude, they got a great romance. I wouldn't mind seeing Zuki play here for the rest of his career in my Me neither. Tacos are my love language too, man. So like I'm Oh yeah, tacos. I you know what? Maybe maybe we can get some rapport built with uh Zuccarello and he can give him my secret taco recipe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean why not? Yeah, I'll, Matt Matt's or, if you're listening. Hit me up. Be, I got yeah. you, buddy. Hey, we hey. We're starting to get players on. We got hey, they got Bill Guerin on, on the other podcast. I think yeah. we're putting a favor to get Zookie on ours. I don't Absolutely, full idea. But I do have an honorable mention. Oh sure, and it is too. Flurry's reverse retro pants. Although yeah. I'm not a fan of the jersey. I know, I know, I know the North Stars. Everyone loves them, but to me, I think it's a lazy take on what they did for the other one. I don't know why they had to go the green version of the white jersey they did a few years back. The white one is beautiful. Uh, let's do something. I actually, new. I like the green one more. That's fine. Hey, I'm not saying it's a bad jersey. I'm yeah. saying lazy because of how they just kind of made a green version of the I white. mean, yeah, they just did. It's a fine yeah, jersey. They, I get they did it. a home version of the yes. other one. I get it. Um, I would have liked to see, like, they. we have beautiful the green jerseys they had when they first came into the league with just the wild logo. The basic logo, yeah, those are good. I would like to see something done with that. I would like to see a red one done. I, I would <sighs> Red jerseys. Hey, I, I'm in the, the camp. I really like those red ones with the crest. The red ones from like 03, 04 era, like they're like fine. But um, no, I mean, I, I like – I personally, I like the idea of like when the reverse retros um, – because like obviously the wild have only been around since 2000 so like right. there's not some, there's not like a it's there's retro to it but it's not like crazy no. different or anything so i like the idea of like getting inspiration from other minnesota hockey um so like our pal dan winnesota right like shout out to the the saint paul fighting saints like something like that would be cool too um yeah. you know where they just incorporate something from the rich tapestry and history of of hockey here in in the state of hockey i agree I agree. Um, so I really enjoy, I really enjoy that aspect of it. I, and, and here's the thing. I don't hate the jerseys that yeah. we got. I don't hate them. I think they're going to look great when they go out there and play. I just wish we could have got something different. We got sure. the North star colors back, but it is what it is. Flurry's pads though. Ooh. Wow. Those Beautiful. Look phenomenal in those uh, when they when they get to debut those. I'm not sure when it is. It's coming up though. They got to be. Ready. Yeah, hang on. But I, the helmet is on the way, and he said the helmet is absolutely elite. So I can't wait to see that. And is it something that the goalies did all around the league where they 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 did new pads with the reverse retros? Because I feel like that's expensive. Not that they can't afford it, but it's um, like. I don't think every goalie did, wear it, but I know a lot of them did. Okay, cool. I, I, hey, I like that. Yeah, I always like pads. That's the worst thing in hockey is when you see a goalie yeah. with pads that don't match the team he's playing for. Yeah, so, holy you know. shit! The Wild will wear the reverse retro jersey eight times this season. Hell yeah, that's a lot. 
I think. Do we ever get, do we play the Kings while we wear them? Is it saying we game? We do not. Damn it. We're Damn. done with the Kings for the year, actually, I think. What? Um, They're only playing, only playing two twice. from the. Wow. I'll double check that, but I think that's true. Which is crazy because it's the most goals scored in the entire NHL season in a game. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's the least goal scored in yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you know? it's got to be. Yeah, so, it's got to be. So I guess technically a shootout win uh, would technically no. be like a no goal kind of True. game. But, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, November 17th against Pittsburgh and then back-to-back games November Ooh, 23rd and Pittsburgh. 25th against uh, Winnipeg and Toronto. And then back-to-back games against Detroit and Chicago in December. and then. Uh, against Tampa and St. Louis in early January, and then January 28th against the Sabres is uh, St. Louis. St. Louis has potential because those are some ugly jerseys. Oh no, I'm talking St. Louis. Fucking sucks right now. That's all I'm saying. Oh, also that. Yeah. <laughs> I, the jersey matchup I'm excited for is that Pittsburgh one. It's like a, yeah. a rematch from '91. I want to say right around there. Maybe like that. Yeah. 91. Um, yeah, no, their jerseys are gorgeous. If they're, they do the rever- if they do their reverse retros, that'd be sick. Do that'd be Robo- awesome. Because they have the Robo Penguin again, and I love that. I think they have the Robo Penguin anyway. Um, yeah, man. No, it's fucking beautiful. I love it. And um one thing that I don't love as much is how banged up the wild are right now. No. How about that for a transition? Um, yeah, yeah. good one. Uh, the wild currently are without Felino, uh, Duhame, and then Greenway, like just got back, I think, right? And then, uh, we did dodge, um, Kirill getting suspended for punching Drew Dottie in the face, which, oh, Hartman, Hartman, forgot about Hardy. Hartsy's out too, yep. Hartsy's out too. Those are three identity guys in Greenway we've seen since getting him back, well, for the one game. And he played earlier this season. He played like a period and a yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, the Wild play very good defensively when he's on the ice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's weird because, no, like, I don't. That's why other, they drafted him, boys. I don't even <laughs> think that his underlying numbers are like that good. I think they're good, but I don't think that they're like, you know, like, he just level. plays a tight defensive game. That's the reason they drafted him, man. It wasn't, he was never going to be a 30 or a 40 goal scorer, which no. I'm not saying he can't score 30 in the NHL, but I'm saying it's if it happens. It might be a one-time thing that happens in a season where he just kind of gets uh, gets some it's good hot, I guess. I, listen, yeah. if if Jordan Greenway ever scores thirty goals in a season, I will I will give you a hundred dollars. What do you mean, Dev? Isn't Eric Smith going to score fifty this season? I, hey, I said Jordan Greenway. Ecker's going to break Gretzky's record. It's a it, it's an inside joke between <laughs> me and Dev for those, but. Uh, yeah, needless to say, that line is never going to have a 40-goal score. I'm just going to put that out there. And if it does ever happen – it, it uh, Listen, I'd be thrilled. I, I wouldn't just, be thrilled, but it's not going to happen. That's our line. Yeah, they, they play great defense. And honestly, Eric Sinek is – Good offensively, too. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Sinek has been getting better and better. He really impressed me. I think it was last night, two nights ago, when this gets released. Yeah. Uh, Kings? Yeah. yeah. Look fast, like he he was out there. There's a few times I was like, "Who's that? Oh my god, that's Eric Sinek. Yeah, out. he looks he looks a lot he looks good this year. Yes, in his, in his uh, offensive game, because like 
you know, the first five or so years of his career, he was just like, I'm going to just go to the net. I'm going to grind yep. it out. I'm going to be greasy. And then last year he just told, showed us all that. Oh yeah. By the way, I actually have pretty good hands. And yep. that has carried over into this year where there's a couple times where he does look a little bit lost, but generally yep. overall, like I've been very impressed with, with him this season. Um, Cause you, you know, he's always pretty sound defensively. You know, that he is, gonna you know grind it out he's gonna give 100 percent of effort for every shift and you know now you can add in the fact that he has the confidence to blow by guys that he wasn't blown yes. by before it's great it's a great combo I, I yeah and here's the thing with the minnesota wild for me uh, i'll get into it with my wild take later is i mean he, he dev sees it and i'm sure he's looking at it, he's like whoa that's uh certainly as a take but the, uh, to get into that more later, I'll get into my point with Eric Sinek and that now. I think once that line finally gets healthy, they finally play together, the Wild are going to go, okay? This team needs to get healthy, mm-hmm. and we got some weak opponents coming up here in the next week. They got yeah. a game tonight, last night, as you guys listen to it. I hate having to do that, but they play the Ducks I'm not going to guarantee a win, but I think the Wild come out. They play their game. Ducks are struggling. They should get a win tonight. I know it's on a back-to-back. Yeah, the Ducks are hurting. They're too. a better team. Oh, yeah, they're hurting. They're missing uh, um, uh, somebody. Uh, Adam Henrique, he's out. I, even without Henrique, I mean, it's even with Henrique, this is a team the Wild should beat. Yeah. Even they're, they're unhealthy, whatever. The defensive core has been so solid since that awful start to the season. They've played well. Flurry, holy moly. I mean, it's, it's a completely different goalie than we see. This, is this the part where I get to take my victory lap? Hey, we, hey, I'm on the same side as you, man. We, no, I know. But, like, I just – need to like, worry about Marc-Andre Flurry. He will play better. Like, it, it's – he's not a bad goalie. Clearly, the dude's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Chances yeah. are. I mean, in the Absolutely. first time he's up, he's going to be voted in. He's one of the best goalies of all time. He, He's elite, man. Just, just let him get his feet under him. He's 37 years old. He's turning 38 like next week. He clearly didn't have it to start the season. That's okay. He's got his – Yeah, he had a couple pretty bad games. Well. I yeah. stand by the fact, what I said on the podcast, <laughs> and I stand by now. I didn't think that he played as bad as the box score no. and the stats would have you believe. <clears throat> Also, like, another victory lap. Uh, did you see Talbot? One of his first starts of the season. Over the- I didn't. No, I. I oh, oh. Been- let me. Let me. Uh, let me get close to the mic. Cam Talbot, the best goalie in Wild history, the one that everyone was so disappointed to lose, allowed five goals on twenty-six. I want to say twenty-six. Ooh, that's not fun. Twenty-seven shots. Either way, not a good look. Not a good look. I mean. I'm no, I know it's in the same breath as like look at Flurry how he started. I'm just yeah. and he was coming back from. An Cam Talbot was never an elite goalie for like he. I'm sorry, he's not an elite goaltender in the NHL. Is he a good goaltender? He's a very good goaltender. He's not. Yeah, good I, I would agree that yeah. He's but he's not, not a goaltender that's going to go out and like the closest we've seen to him stealing games for us is when he lost a few close ones in Vegas in that yeah. play. Yeah, he played great. He's he was good enough to steal us a game. Yeah, it's a couple games, probably two out of the mm, three. That we won. Game one is the one I say probably stole 
close. Still lost that one. I'm saying I think it was game five of that year where he just absolutely stood on his head and we won and we won that one. Was it, I think it was, uh, it was the game state. one was a one nothing win. Game six, he oh, stood. You're right. I was thinking. I was thinking. Shut out. But he did. Game one was. Let in that, he let in the goal that was like called back, and the, and that mm-hmm. was the series. It was whoever scored the goal that got called back. They yeah. won the game. Yeah. <laughs> like three times in that series. So yeah. this happened. You knew the Wild were taking that one home. Absolutely. Um, this isn't a shot at Talbot. I, I no. Per- I, I really did like Talbot on the wild. I'm just saying the fans that acted like the sky is falling because they lost Cam Talbot is right. just not not necessarily true. Not correct. To see Philip uh, Gustafson tonight, so let's hope. Yeah. I, I said his last name. Fuck. Phil. Phil tonight. <laughs> Phil is the starting goal. Phil, Phil's in that. Uh, he, he plays a little better. I'm excited he- to give him his whole name back one letter at a time. <laughs> Next time it'll be Phil Philly, <laughs> Philly, Phila. If he, yeah, he gets he gets one letter back for each win that he gets. I don't even know if he's going to get enough starts to make that like even possible. Yeah, it really looks like uh, they're going to run with Flurry, and I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think they need to play him into the ground though. I get a little bit worried. Yeah, I get a little bit worried when uh, he, you know, like you said, he is going to be thirty-eight next week. And I love yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury, and he plays such an athletic style of hockey. Like, he plays such a aggressive, athletic game that I would much rather err on the side of rest versus overdoing it. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That being said, you know, when we recorded at the beginning of the year, you know, the offense was putting up a touchdown a game. <laughs> And now we cannot buy a goal. The Minnesota Wild, uh, at the time of this recording, by the time you listen to this, the Ducks game will have already been played. And God, if we get shut up by the Ducks, then we're going to have some serious problems. Um, but the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, shut out back-to-back games. Not good. <laughs> at, the, at the time of this recording, the Minnesota Wild have not scored a goal in 123 minutes of ice time. That is over two games. Not good and like yeah we talked about a little bit earlier um part of that is guys are out but at the end of the day guys got to step up and yeah like Kirill Kaprizov, the young guns the young guns, guns gotta, step, gotta step, up. step up i actually i really like the um the rossi shaw doer line i think it's only a matter of time before they actually like get some get some offensive mojo going i'm waiting for rossi man i i'm we, i listen I think people listening to this podcast know we love Rossi. Yeah. We are Marco. We are the, I mean, we might be the first people on the Marco Rossi fan club. We've, I, we've had I connections with his possible. father. Yeah. We've, we've, we've chatted with his dad. Marco Rossi is a good hockey player. Very we, good hockey player. With good hockey players and people who I enjoy watching, it's the same as Caprizo, same as Zuccarello. I, I hold them to a higher standard. Marco Rossi's got to play better. He is a good hockey player. He can produce in the NHL, and I think it'll come. He's yeah, I was going to say, let role. me push back He's got to earn his role. Yeah, and I agree. With I that. just don't think he hasn't earned – I don't think he's earned his role quite yet, but I think he's playing better hockey than he was the first three games of the season. He did not yeah. the first three I games. I think that's fair. Lost. He, got, he got scratched. I understand that. And do I think he should have gotten scratched? No, I think he probably should have played, but I get what Everson's doing. Everson's a good coach. 
he he knows his team. He knows the buttons to push. But I need to see more from Marco Rossi, and I'm excited to see it because I know he's a grinder. He battled back from, uh, you know, his, myocarditis. His, <laughs> and, and, yeah, he missed the, a year of his development. Exactly. Uh, which a lot of people would argue, like a lot of for a lot of the. Um, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but the way that I understand hockey development through like prospect writers and stuff is like a player's draft like the year after they get drafted, which I think is generally like draft plus one year. Um, that year is like incredibly pivotal to figuring out like who they're going to be as an NHLer. And right. Marco, Marco just didn't have that through no fault of his own. No. So, um, you know, it makes sense that there's a little bit of growing pain. Um, I am going to push back on your thing that like he, I mean, I, I, I would love to see him play better, but there's an implication there that like, there, I don't know. There's an implication when you say like he needs to play better that like we're not we're we're treating him like he's a, he's a fourth year guy, you know, that gets it. It's like he still has sure. under under 20 games in the NHL. Oh no, that's uh, absolutely fair. And and you know, I I would I I think that the best way that I can say this, I thought he would come out to a little bit hotter of a start. He looks so good in camp. Um so I was wrong about that. But I don't have a problem with that because I I think I think that he does seem to be getting more confident with each passing game and and sometimes you, especially like on a night that he scores like he plays very he plays differently from before he scores versus after he plays with a lot more confidence a little bit more swagger um, I think sooner than later he's going to realize that he truly, truly belongs in the NHL. And I think when that happens, the lid's going to come off and he's going to start playing with that confidence and that swagger that you saw where he was cooking dudes in the OHL at a rate that is literally only eclipsed by Connor fucking McDavid. So and I, I agree with you. It's kind of the same thing with uh, Boldy last year. Well, I'm going to make a point with Matt Boldy here. It's not like Marco Rossi came up and was playing with someone like Kevin Fiala on his line. Sure. Simply hasn't gotten that. That's enough to jumpstart somebody's career. And that's what it's done with Boldy. Boldy's a great player, but coming up and having someone like Kevin Fiala on his line clearly helped his development. I mean, he was able to make a pass. Boom. Kevin Fiala makes a play. There's a goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. Marco isn't playing with the Kevin Fiala on his line, but soon he will be. And, yeah, and and, and gonna Boldy. be Boldy in him on a line, and he's going to be producing. So what yeah. I say, to fans, is we got to take a breath. This team is still get, getting their feet under. It's a five and six hockey team. It's not like we're fucking only won two games or three games. Mm-hmm. I get it's it 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 looks grim right now after being shut out two games in a row, which is also funny. Last night I stayed up fucking late watching the Wild play hockey because I'm a Wild fan. You know, I had work in the morning. I go and lay in bed, and I wake up. Uh, my girlfriend, she looks over. She goes, oh, did the Wild win? I was like, ah, no, we got shut out. She just laughs at me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rolls over and goes to bed. Like, okay, thanks. Making me feel good about me staying up late to watch my favorite hockey team. But, right. yeah, it's the same thing tonight. My, I really want to see Marco Rossi have a good game tonight because yeah. I – I, I think the Ducks, this is a good matchup for the Wild to kind of a get right game. Let's get yeah. us back and let's go out here and play a good, 
sound game because Friday ain't going to be easy. Seattle's a good hockey team. Yeah. Before we um, before we get into what's what to expect with the remaining games this week, um, let's take a very quick break. I'm Ricky Bobby. If you don't chew Seventh Avenue Pizza, then f- you. And we're back. Yeah. So no, I'm 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 with you there. The um, you know, we look ahead. The wild schedule. We finish out the uh, the West Coast road trip here. And we've got the Ducks, the Kraken, and the Sharks uh, this week. I mean, you said it. The the Ducks are a very good team, or a very bad team. Uh, excuse me. Wow. Woof. <laughs> um, the Ducks are a bad team. We've talked enough about that game. Uh, and by the time that uh, you're listening to this, it'll have already happened. So, you know, you'll get to laugh at the takes that we had. The Kraken, though, you're 100% right. They look very good. And I don't think very many people saw that coming like they look so good that like Shane Wright is barely getting ice time and everybody was kind of mm-hmm. expecting like oh they're just gonna like play him a bunch get him a bunch of minutes and you know punt on the season and they're playing so well that like he might as well just be in the AHL at this point because he's gotta you know he's playing playing hockey Jared McCann's barely playing <laughs> yeah this is what was this supposed to be like an exciting young piece for that team. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. This is the idea they had last year when they, you know, got Yanni Gord and all these players in the expansion draft that couldn't play right away. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like Everly is another person. It's like mm-hmm. what in mind. I mean, it. it's a good hockey team. I can't. I watched them play the, the Preds the other night, and it was like, ooh. Wow. They smoked the Preds too. It was great. Yeah, they scored four in the first, and yeah, the juice, the juice is loose. UC Saros uh, did not have a great game. Scored on the first shot of the game against him. Everly, it was as I was yeah. just saying. Um, yeah, no, they are good. <laughs> it's a good team. They almost remind me, kind of like uh, Vegas's first couple of years in the league, where it's like uh, no one really expects them to do anything, and all of a sudden Vegas is very good. Come yeah. on. Their first season, and I they took it, Yeah, they took it in a different direction. The only real difference, though, is that, like, Vegas was playing very, very well because they were acquiring stars. Right. I mean, it's, a, it, it's weird because, like, there's a lot of similarities in the sense that, like, they figured out, like, oh, like, we can figure out how to be competitive very quickly. Um, but Vegas did it in a completely different way where they were like, all right, we're going to get a stud goalie and a bunch of stars and then just hope that all of our, like – lower tier young guys yeah you know all these other guys we see like oh like they've got this potential and we just hope that they hit it and they they went like nine for ten on you know all the guys like nobody thought that william carlson would be a 40 goal scorer and oh yeah and he scored 40 goals everybody's like whoa the ducks on the other hand they did it basically the other way around where they don't really have a goaltender they've tried but they don't really have like a goalie that you're like, okay, cool. Like that's their guy. Um, they have, I think like three or four goalies where you're like, oh yeah, he's solid. And then, you know, I, and not right now, obviously, but just like in their very brief history, uh, um, Grubauer needs to get healthy. And Grubauer. To- yeah. Yeah. They could use Grubauer, but even then, like even when he was healthy, he wasn't playing very well. No, he didn't play great for him. Um, they've got an unbelievably tight defense and they've hit on some of some of their draft picks you know maddie beneers is a stud dude maddie beneers is filthy stud. 
he is disgusting. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I think that the, the key to win in that game would be just like controlling the pace of play because every game that I've, I haven't watched a ton of Seattle games and I actually, I didn't watch live. I didn't watch the game that they played, um, where they played the wild. But when I went back and rewatched it, it was very clear, like the Kraken were controlling the pace of the game the whole time. They were just dictating it. And, you know, part of that happens when you jump off to a, a hot start early. But the the rest of the the rest of the game, the Wild just couldn't push back. And I think I don't you don't necessarily need a goal right away, but you do need to set the tone early. And for the Kraken, you know, a lot of their game is based on just being, you know, physical and tough and gritty. The Wild, in theory, are a little bit more skilled than them, but have just as much grit. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Uh, do you have any anything else to add on that? I, I just think the Kraken, it, it's going it to, like, I, I mentioned this in Sticks in the Middle before that last Kraken game. It's going to be a special teams battle. These two teams love taking penalties. <laughs> and, and, and the unfortunate thing is, well, I mean, the fortunate thing is actually is the Wilds penalty kill has gotten better. Last night, uh, two nights ago when you are listening to this, against the Kings, their penalty kill was fucking good. Like, yeah. it, played well it killed off that bullshit five minute penalty they called on Kaprizov saying he tried to injure Doughty um yes it's a five minute penalty but it's not a game and it shouldn't have been a game suspension which it wasn't it was it shouldn't have even been uh an ejection from the game I don't understand where the intent to injure comes from whatever it's not like Doughty was fucking abusing him in the corner before that ever um yeah and you can't take past game right. into consideration but like drew Doughty has a history of fucking with Kaprizov. so like, yeah off the ice and on the ice fuck first yeah. of all fuck drew Doughty, you old bum anyway drew uh, Doughty, real quick if you're listening and watching this i got i got two things for you a one and a two haha yeah, if you're listening to the podcast i gave him the bird yeah and then another bird yeah. but two it, birds, two it's birds gonna come down special teams which i saw one of the more Hilarious takes from Wild Twitter. Dev knows exactly who I'm talking about, but it was someone while that Wild game was going on. Like the Wild had a top five power play at that point. They had been elite on the power play, but after the Wild went over three in that game, I had to read tweets from this certain person saying how the Wild power play can't generate offense and they 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 just aren't very good. Wow. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> There's some people that shouldn't be covering the sport of hockey and should just be a fan. But this person, unfortunately, covers the sport of hockey. Um, anyway. <laughs> like, hey, let, let me – in – in. there's, you know, certain oh, uh, people and websites and everything. And uh, you know what? Kudos to them because they get paid more than we do to talk about hockey. And, like, granted, like, I'm an idiot. I, I don't make any claims to have. No, this, like, we both do. Like, yeah. Like, uh, we both say we're dumb. We're just doing is, this because we're huge fans. Yeah, yeah. It is extremely funny to read people with takes worse than mine and be, and realize that like they're getting paid for it. And you know what? Oh, yeah. it, it's working. So good for them. I um, recently was blocked by someone for the first time. Dude, I'm not blocked by. I, I can't remember the last fucking time I clicked on someone's page and it said I was blocked. Yeah. I saw that. I, I had to laugh so hard because this person became so unhinged because I called them a moron. <laughs> and their tweet was moronic. Yeah. It was 
iconic tweet I just said moron, and this love, lost their shit, became unhinged. I love the tweeted at me like 22 times, I believe. Yeah, I oh. love the brand of people where it's like, all right, I'm gonna tweet out like an incendiary take. And just like, I'm going to just throw it to the void. And then when they get the reaction that they're looking for, they're like, no, man, you're just being a baby. And then they block you. It's right. Like, yeah. And then they block me. It's like, hey, look, look, look in the mirror. It oh, was. No. And honestly, funny. I wanted to be on your level because we are now both blocked by this person. And I wanted to get to that level because I think the guy is a damn. <laughs> he's a fool is what I yeah. like to say in a nice way. Yeah, no, it's good. That's and, neither here nor there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's talk about the Sharks, though. Yeah. Um, Two winnable games, though. We got Sharks. Yeah. We got the Ducks. Honestly, we are all winnable games. That's the thing. But they we are. have two, two that are, should be win. Two that if we, like, if we go, if we go 0 and 3 in this little stretch here, then like, yeah, okay, we've got to have some. Sound the alarm bells. Some serious conversations. And next week's episode is going to be a little bit different. But, um, you know, I think. For the most part, for a podcast called Wild Takes, we do manage to generally stay pretty level-headed about like what the team is going to be doing there. But if the Wild get beat by the Sharks, who are like actively tanking, um, then like there's going to be some issues. The only real issue that I could see is if Carlson just fucking goes off. And Eric Carlson, like uh, Alex Micheletti, Alex Micheletti showed this stat with me where it's like in every season that he has been, it was like in. All but one of the seasons where he's been healthy, he has led his team in scoring. And the year that he didn't lead his team in scoring, he was second place. Yeah, and no, he he's, is, a, he, he's a great offensive defenseman. So it's Yeah, he is sensationally talented, extremely fun to watch. And it, it feels like now that Brent Burns is in Carolina, they have him kind of filling that role of just right. like grip it and rip it and just fucking go. You can't and, have two offensive defensemen, especially playing on the same damn D pair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was tough. Kind of, it, um, it was a tough look for them on the defensive side of the puck. They were great offensively with those two on the ice, but the defensive side of the puck took a huge dip. Yeah, it was a very fun, fun, bleh, bleh, fun brand of hockey to watch. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, they could never put it together with those two. I don't think yeah. they put those two on the same team. No, Which, I don't think so. They're, they're um, so yeah, I don't. I think we've kind of learned, I think at this point in the podcast, we've learned our lesson about predicting, uh, you know, wins and losses and, and everything like that. But I will say, um, here's where I'll start to get a little hyperbolic. I think that even with the team as injured as they are right now, um, you know, even with all that, you know, even considering that and everything, how the team looks this next three games, I think is going to dictate a lot about what we should kind of expect from this team going forward. Um, I don't necessarily, I would expect that they should go two and one or, you know, three and oh, I'd like two Oh and one, I think would be a nice, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. If you get, I I think you need points in these. I think if you get four, four or five points out of this little stretch here, I think that's good. But especially with the central, it's not been great. Central? No, it hasn't. No, um, there's not a, the wild. They, I mean, who would have thought saying, "Wow, the wild starting five, six, and one have put themselves in a decent, uh, decent starting point to make a little run at the Central Crown this year?" And I'll get in more to that here in a couple. Yeah, we give our wild takes, but yeah. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too terribly worried about the 
state of the wild right now. I do think they should have won a few that they have won and they, they probably should have lost a few that they or should yeah. have won some that they have lost and they probably could have lost some that they have won is what I'm yeah. trying to say. And that that's just, that's sports. <laughs> if you right. have that with watching sports, I don't know what to tell you. They put themselves in an okay position with how they've started the season. Nothing crazy. They haven't played like well, I mean, Winnipeg is in first place in this damn division right now. You think that's going to carry up? And the Blackhawks and Coyotes are technically both ahead of us. Yeah, so I just, it's not great, but also not that concerning yet. No, we uh, here we're at eleven points. First place is at seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> it's and we're going to play these teams. We haven't played Dallas. We haven't played Winnipeg. We played Chicago. We played Dallas once, didn't we? No, we haven't played Dallas yet. Okay, well, I'm losing my mind then. <laughs> um, which is entirely possible because you know, tired. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. Let let's let's actually have that segue into the close of the show here because you know it's going to tie in nicely to what your 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 wild take is, I believe. Um, yeah. so yeah, Zooch, we're going to end the show the same way that we end every show by giving our wild takes. So Zooch, as you finish your beer here, what is your wild take? Oh yeah, we forgot to say this on air. Zooch has been drinking yep. a beer. That is called the Lizard King Pale Ale, and uh, we love that for him. So shout out to shout out to what was it, Baby Daddy of the Year? Baby Daddy of the Year, Matt Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's him. Uh, this is his own beer, not really, uh, <laughs> but it's for Pipeworks Brewing, which is based in Chicago, I believe. Yeah, uh, it is. That's correct. So my wild take, and I know fans, I, not that people have ever gotten annoyed with me before. <laughs> but the Minnesota Wild are going to get scorching hot around January, February this season. They're going to put it all together, going to put that defense together, which we've been playing great defensively the past couple of games here. Yeah. Lurie's going to be playing at the top of his game, which he has been for about six now. And that offense, when healthy, is going to be clicking like it was at the beginning of the season. We're scoring a bunch of goals, just couldn't stop anything. Mm-hmm. Going to put it all together, and they're going to win the Central Division. Not damn. Since 2008, which it wasn't the Central Division, it was the Northwest Division. But <laughs> the second time in their history, they're going to pull I, their I like the idea of being title. like, this will be the first time the Wild have ever won the Central Division and just wait for somebody to be like, actually, yep. they won it in 2008. Yep. And we'll be like, fuck off. It's the Northwest. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, the Central Division will be ours. Their defense has improved game by game. Flurry, like I said, has looked unreal. Uh, I just think they need to get healthy. They need to play the game they can play. And I think the Central's wide open. I, mean, for yeah, I agree with that. Dallas at the top right now, it's early. I get it. But it, Colorado took a step back, people. They did. They, yeah. Uh, key players, uh, uh, Burakovsky, I believe, is playing in uh, Seattle, right? Kadri mm-hmm. uh, is, too. Uh, yeah, Kadri is playing in uh, Calgary, uh, right? Calgary, yep. Calgary Flames. So they, they lost two of their, you know, top six forwards that were very key in their uh, winning that division and winning the Stanley Cup, might I add. They lost those two, lost their starting goaltender. Their goaltending's not great. I think they can compete with Colorado. And I don't think uh, – I really don't think Winnipeg's going to keep it up. They're not going to keep it up, and they're going to win the division. They might make the playoffs, and same with Dallas. I think Dallas and Winnipeg just – they don't have the star power the Wild do on both ends of the ice. I think the Wild 
are going to win the division. They're going to get hot January, February. I just think they put it all together. It's just a matter of when. It's not if, it's when. The Wild do have a, a recent history, the last, I would say, four out of the last five or six years, where for whatever fucking reason, January, they just they go like 8 0 oh, 2. Yeah, no, they'll be know? fine. And oh. so I would not hate to see that trend continue. Um, I don't know if it happens quite like that, but I would love to see it. Um, yeah, my wild take. Uh, I think Josh Allen. So it's, it's the news is broken that uh, Josh Allen this practice as we're recording this and um, and is in real danger to miss the game against the Vikings. And I think that's going to be bad. I think that would be bad for the game, bad for the Vikings. And uh, obviously it would be bad for the Bills. It does obviously improve the Vikings chance to win that game, which is good in the long run. But I think that the only way that this team can like, it seems like this team seems to rise to the like challenge of things. I agree. And I would like to see them, you know, see what they can do with, with, uh, you know, trying to defend against Josh Allen. Cause he's a, he's a monster. He's unbelievable. And like we saw Jalen hurts absolutely scorched them in week two. I think the team is better than they were in week two. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, also the other reason that it would be bad is because you just know, you just know if you've watched Vikings football for any amount of time, you absolutely know that if Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs are the one of uh, the, the crux of the passing game against us, like the game is going to end with a reverse Minneapolis miracle as Case Keenum finds Stefan Diggs in the end zone to win the game. You just yeah. know that that's what's going to happen. So, Josh, I hope your elbow's okay because I really want to see you play uh, against the Vikings. And and it's a it would be great for the game of football too. I mean, you got a seven and one Vikings it's, team and yeah. six and two Buffalo Bills team. So, yep, a six and two Bills team coming off of a loss that they feel like they should have won. And Josh Allen openly said, you know, when your starting quarterback plays like shit, it's hard <laughs> to win games. Which I was like, all right, that's a good like self burn there. Um, and and the other thing too is it's the it's the national game like almost every single everybody that doesn't everybody that doesn't live in a football market where like their team is playing gets to see that game. Yes, sir. So it's gonna be great. I get to see it here in Charlotte. It's terrific. So Vikings, baby, Skull Vikings, and that is going to do it for us here at Wild Takes. As always, thank you for listening to the Wild Takes podcast presented by Ten Thousand Takes. Go give us a follow on social media at Wild Takes Ten K. Uh, and make sure to follow along with the rest of the 10K stuff as well. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you hate the show, tell your enemies. That's a win-win for you. And remember, it's not just about working hard and having fun. It's about fucking winning. Stay safe out there, folks. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. <laughs> you good? There's something flying above my head. I'm not sure what it is. All right. Oh, hold on. What the fuck is that thing, Why is it in her house? Elvin, come here. Dude. Okay, sorry. That would, it was just like fly. I heard it flying above me and Tatum like pointed up. Anyway.